two, three, four, five, six.
God, we just thank you for your provision for us. We thank you for your blessing upon us. And we just speak that blessing over anyone who's watching us, over their families, over their children, over their jobs, over anything that belongs to them, their health, their mind, their futures. Father, we speak that blessing. And we thank you that you're good and you're for us today. And we thank you that through you, we can get through anything. We can get to the other side of things. Through you, we can have victory. Through you, we can overcome. And Father, we thank you that you're for us today and you love us today. We thank you that you're going to speak to us in this message. We're going to hear your voice clearly. Father, we thank you for what you're doing in this country, what you're doing in this world. Father, we thank you for healing. We thank you for restoration. Spirit, soul, and body. We thank you that what the enemy meant for evil, you're going to turn for good. We believe that today. We're believers today, not doubters. We thank you that we can have complete victory. And we will get on the other side of this. And we're going to come out stronger and better and greater than we were before. More focused on you. Passionate about sharing the gospel to the world. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Everybody said? Amen. Hey, you can uh, be seated this morning. And we're going to turn to uh, the book of Psalms, Psalm 37. And we're going to start in verse 19. We're uh, thankful that you're listening today, whether that's online or listening uh, on Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're listening at on podcasts. And we're grateful to have you with us again. And we're going to go to Psalm 37 and verse 19. We're going to read in the New Living Translation. And it says, They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. I love that. It says they will not be disgraced in hard times. Some would consider what we're going through a hard time. But notice that even in famine, they will have more than enough. I love that. We'll have more than enough. So if you're taking notes today, the title of my message is provision in famine. Provision in famine. So today I want to talk to you about a very simple message, but a timely message for the days we're living in today. And I want to talk about God being our provider. God is our provider. And it's one thing to believe God is your provider when you got a great job and you just got a raise and everything's going right and your car works and your, your house is in order and you paid all your bills and you got no debt. But what about in hard times? What about in times of famine? Does God stop being your provider? Does the word of God change just because your circumstance changed? And really the truth is God is our provider in the good times and the bad times and the lean times and the abundant times. We believe that God is our provider. And realize if you read your Bible, God does some of his greatest miracles in the time of famine. I want to say that one more time. God does some of his greatest miracles in the time of famine. All throughout your Bible, you will read in times of famine or times of distress and hard times, there was the greatest miracles and blessings came out of those times. And God did more in those times than any other time. And I believe it will be the same for you today and same for your family when you're listening to this, because we believe that God is our provider. So today we're talking about provision in famine. And once again, Psalm 37, 19 in the Passion Translation says this, even in a time of disaster, he will watch over them. 
and they will always have more than enough no matter what happens. And I'm believing that for us, no matter what happens, no matter what the economy does, no matter what a virus does, no matter what uh, the world does right now, we serve God. We don't just serve a country. We don't just serve the state of Indiana. We don't just uh, serve the world. No, we serve the God of the universe, and he can provide for us when our government can't provide for us, when our job can't provide for us, when other people can't provide for us. We serve a God of supernatural provision, and God is our provider. So we're talking about provision and famine. Realize famine and plagues are not new to God. This has been happening since the beginning of time. I realize God was not caught off guard. It wasn't news to him that the coronavirus would come. It wasn't news to him that there would be an economic situation in uh, the world, in the United States of America. It's not news to him. There's been famines and plagues since the beginning. And actually, let's be honest, since we live in the first world and we have first world problems, a lot of times we complain about what we're going through. Do you realize in the times of the Bible, when they had a plague, they didn't have a doctor to go to? We have doctors to go to. We have science. We have medicine today to help us to get through these things. Back then, it was believe God or die. Today, we think about famines. In those days, if you were in a famine, you didn't have a bank to go to. You didn't have a grocery store to go to. You didn't have another way to get through. You didn't have a government giving you a stimulus check. Notice, if you were in time of famine, it's either you believe God or you starve. And so realize today the problems that we're facing are no different than the problems they faced thousands of years ago in the time of the Bible. And there was plagues, there was famines in the time of the Bible. And you know what? God was their healer back then, and God is our healer today. God was their provider back then, and God is our provider today. you got to believe that, that God is our provider, and God can give us provision in times of famine. So God does some of his greatest miracles in the time of famine. I heard a preacher say this before, when we get down to nothing, God is up to something. I love that. When we get down to nothing, God is up to something. Because a lot of times when we get down to nothing, we have nowhere else to look but up. And how many know the Bible says we have to look up because that's where our help comes from. And a lot of times when we get to a place like this, it actually can work for our good because it humbles us to the place that we drop our pride and we realize, no, God is going to have to get me through this because I can't do it myself. So when we get down to nothing, God is up to something. And when we do that, we trust God and we have faith in God because we realize we can't make it without him. So God can do some of his greatest miracles in hard times and times of famine because we're more likely to trust him and have faith in him when we realize that we can't heal ourselves. We can't provide for ourselves. Only God can do that. So we believe that God is our provider. It's all throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. This is not an isolated passage. This is all throughout your Bible that God is our provider. He reveals himself as that to us. And I want to talk about a few different people today that all have similar stories about God providing for them in times of famine. The first person I want to talk about is Abraham. Abraham in the Bible is called the father of our faith. He's the father of the Jewish nation, but he's also the father of all those who believe in Jesus. Abraham is the father of our faith. And we see in Abraham, God said, I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. And out of you, all the nations of the earth will be blessed because through you is going to come Jesus in the blessing of God 
is going to come to the entire world. And we see that Abraham was blessed by God. And it says in your Bible that Abraham was blessed in the times of famine. He was blessed when other people that lived around him were experiencing lack. He was experiencing abundance. And it was different because you see that Abraham who served God, his life was different than people that didn't serve God. It should be the way, that way for us today. Our life should look different than the world. We shouldn't just live just like the world. We shouldn't, our finances shouldn't just look just like the world. Our body should not look like the world. Our mind should not look like the world. There should be a distinct difference between us and the world. Why? Because we serve God and God is our provider. And so Abraham, who is the father of our faith, he was blessed and he went through times of famine and God always sustained him and blessed him and he lived in abundance his whole life. But I love this story uh, towards uh, the latter years of his life, he had a lot of possessions. It says he was rich in gold and cattle and silver, and he was blessed in his family. But God said, I want to give you a child, a promised child, and his name's going to be Isaac. And we see later on in his life, he was able to trust God because of his faithfulness in the past. And we see that Abraham had Isaac, and when he was a little bit older, God asked him to give his son back to God. He asked him to sacrifice his son. Now, it was a test of his faith because he didn't want to kill his son. He was asking him who had his heart. And so we see here in Genesis 22, they're walking up to this mountain to sacrifice Isaac. And Isaac asked his father Abraham. Now, there's a principle in this, and this is what I'm reading this for. He said to his dad, where is the offering. And Abraham didn't want to say that you are the offering, Isaac. And notice what he said, because he had experienced the faithfulness of God, he could trust his provision. It says in Genesis 22, verse 8, and Abraham said, my son, notice what he says, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went together. Then it says they went on up the hill. And notice what happens in verse 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked up and there behind him was a ram caught in the thicket by its thorns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. In verse 14, and Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. And as it was said this day in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. The first point I want to talk about today that is going to go through all these stories is if you want the provision of God and famine, you're going to have to trust his faithfulness. Trust his faithfulness in your life. Trust all the times that God has come through for you in the past is the greatest knowledge that he's going to come through for you in the future. Trusting God, having faith. Notice we can't have faith without knowing God's faithfulness. Seeing God do all these things in your life, you can have faith for your future and for his provision when you trust his faithfulness. And how could Abraham tell his son, God will provide? 
Because Abraham had seen God provide his whole life. He had seen God provide things in times of famine. He had seen God sustain his family and sustain his health. And to give him a miracle son, he knew that God was a provider. And in the natural, he had no knowledge that God would do anything for him. But he knew by his faithfulness, God will come through for me again. So if we want the provision of God, we're going to have to trust in his faithfulness. We have to have faith in his faithfulness for God to provide in a time of famine. But I love he said, God will provide. Verse 14, and Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. I love that. He called that place, the Lord will provide. That's where we get the name. It's one of the Hebrew names of God, Jehovah Jireh, which means the Lord, our provider. But I love he called the place the Lord will provide. Notice not the Lord might come through. The Lord might help us out. We might get through this. He might help us. I don't know if he'll help us, but I hope he'll help us. But God said through Abraham, he called that place the Lord will provide. How many know that's faith? I want to ask you right now, what are you calling God? Are you calling God your provider? Because that's what he'll be for you. Are you calling him your healer? Because that's what he'll be for you. And I love it. He called the place the Lord will provide. Those are strong words, but that's faith speaking. That's faith in his faithfulness. That's trusting his promises. That's trusting the provision of God. And he knew God's not going to let me down this time because he's been faithful my whole life to provide. And faith says the Lord will provide. Not we might get through it. Not this may be happened. You know, I I don't know. I I hope God comes through for me again. No, the Lord will provide. And people that don't understand faith don't understand what I'm saying because faith begins where the will of God is known. And the will of God is that he is your provider. And so we can have faith and confidence because we know the will of God and the will of God is the Lord will provide. Can I get amen in the house of God? The Lord will provide. And trust is built on knowing someone. When you know God, you can trust him. When you've experienced his faithfulness, you can trust him. When you see his proven track record in your life, in your family's life, maybe it's friend's life you've heard testimonies of. If you didn't even know anybody, you have a whole track record of his faithfulness in this book, the Bible. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people and things he's done through his body on the earth, through his people on the earth. God has shown his faithfulness and he can be trusted. So if we want to receive the provision of God, we have to trust his faithfulness. Have faith in his faithfulness. And notice the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. It's God's will that he provides for us. We can have faith knowing that. We're not wishing, we're not hoping. We're not not just thinking about it. We're not just saying, God, I hope you get us through this. No, the Lord will provide. That's not cocky. That's not arrogant. That's faith. That's trust. Trusting in the faithfulness of God. You know what? God moves in the lives of people that say, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. I love that. Abraham said, we're going to call this place the Lord will provide. You get something today. A couple other stories I want to share with you today about people in the Bible who had provision 
in times of famine. First of all, I want to talk about Isaac, who was the son of Abraham. How many know Abraham passed his faith down to his son? And he taught his son that God will provide in times of famine. That God is our provision, no matter what. And he will provide in times of famine for us. And this is a passage in Genesis 26, starting in verse 1. We're going to see this pattern of them trusting God's faithfulness, but then obeying God's voice. And this is what it says in Genesis 26, verse 1. There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Verse 2, then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Let's just stop right there. Because I want to go verse by verse through some of this because it's so good. Notice what it says. Isaac, just like his dad, was in a time of famine, a time of economic downturn, where people were losing their jobs, where where the economy was a little shaky. And notice what happens Isaac, who trusted in the faithfulness of God, was about to go down to Egypt, which was a type and shadow of the world. Anytime you see Egypt in the Bible, it stands for the world. And notice what God says. Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Now, that's significant today because even though you're not physically going down to Egypt, in your mind, you're going down to Egypt, which is the world right now. You're thinking, well, what is the government going to do for me right now? How are they going to help me? How's my president going to help me? How's my governor going to help me? How's my company I work for going to help me? You know what? They're not your provider. They can be a resource, but they're not the source. And God says through his word, don't go down to Egypt. You're not physically going down there, but you're going down there in your mind thinking, who's going to bail me out of this? Who's going to take care of me? You don't need to go down to Egypt. You need to realize, no, God, if you listen to him, he will be your provider. And you know what? If the government gives you something, thank God for it. If your job gives you something, thank God for it. But they are just a resource. They are not your source, and they are not your provider. He said, do not go down to Egypt. Let's just be careful right now in your mind. Don't let your mind go down to the world. What are they going to do for me? How are they going to get me out of this? No, they're not your provider. The Lord is your provider. And I love this. God said to him, live in the land of which I shall tell you. What is that? That's obeying the voice of God. Because there's provision when we listen to God's voice. And notice what God says. If you do what I tell you to do in times of famine, verse 3, dwell in this land and I will be with you and bless you. For you and your descendants, I will give all these lands and I will perform the oath which I swore to your to Abraham, your father, and I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of the heavens. And I will give to your descendants all these lands and in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because notice Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge and my commandments and my statutes and my laws. And let's jump down to verse 12 because Isaac did this. Notice what it says. And this is in a time of famine. Verse 12 Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. How many know if God blesses you, no one can curse you? 
if God's blessed you, it doesn't matter what the country's doing. It doesn't matter what your job's doing. It doesn't matter what your family's doing. If the Lord blesses you, notice he can prosper you in times of famine. Notice verse 13. Now, this is a Bible verse. I didn't make this up. It says, the man began to prosper and continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. In a time of famine, can God do that? Yes, he can, because the Lord is our provider. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants, so the Philistines, or the world, envied him. I believe that should be us as the church of Jesus Christ. We don't trust the world or the world system, but the world should see the church of Jesus Christ prospering in times of famine. They should see the Lord supernaturally taking care of us in times of famine. There should be a big difference between us and the world. Not that we don't feel it, not that we're not around it, but the Lord is our provider and we can be a light to a dark world because the Lord is taking care of us in times of famine. Do you believe that today? But it said, Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him and he became very prosperous. In a time of famine, can God do that? Yeah, he can. He can make a way where there is no way. He can help you when you lose your job. He can provide for you food in the desert like he did for his people. He can make a way. But we have to trust in the faithfulness of God to be our provider. And we also have to obey his voice. God will give you actions to take to see his provision. First of all, we have to trust him. But you, you know, trust and faith is not just a confession we make or believing in our heart. That's part of it. But it's an action we take. You see, in all these stories, God didn't just say, believe me. He said, take a step of faith. Take an action. He told Abraham, go up and prepare like you are going to give an offering, even though I'm going to provide a lamb. He told Isaac, go to the place I tell you, and then sow in that land, and then I'll provide for you. So we see when God wants to provide for us, he will tell us to take a step of faith or an action step. The Bible says faith without works is dead. So we need to not just trust his faithfulness, but we need to obey what he says to do in times of famine. Then it will work out the way that God has told us it's going to work out. See, the reason why a lot of times we don't see provision in times of famine is we don't listen when it's time of famine. We don't pay attention to what God is saying in a time of famine, so we don't receive the provision that he wants for our life. And God will give us specific steps to take to get us through hard times. He'll give us steps to take on how he will provide for us in times of famine. But realize God is our source. He is not the resource. He is the source. And God will use different sources in different seasons of our life. Sometimes he will use our jobs. Sometimes he will use other people. Sometimes things will just supernaturally show up at our door. There's all sorts of things we could talk about, but we have to believe that God is our source, but our resources will change. So be open to that. Be open to listen to the voice of God in this season. I've already heard testimonies of people in our church already, money coming from unexpected places, money coming from places that they didn't realize 
they needed some extra help right now, and their company sent them an extra check. Or the government sent them an extra check. Or there's, there's people that they've changed their resource, and, and things have supernaturally come from different avenues that they weren't expecting in the season. Why? Because God wants to be our provider. We have to trust Him as our source. And we realize the resources can change in our life. It's not just our job. That's just one resource. God is bigger than that. God is our source and our provider. But we're going to see this same pattern in this next story about trusting his faithfulness and obeying his voice. It's about Elijah and the widow woman. It's in 1 Kings 17, and we're going to start in verse 2. It says, Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Notice that the word of the Lord came to him. He didn't just make this up. Elijah needed to find provision, and he waited to hear the voice of God because God told him right where the provision was. That's the same way for us. we got to listen because God wants to take care of us in times of famine, but we have to listen to his voice because he knows where the provision is for us in those seasons. Notice the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I have commanded ravens to feed you there. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord, for he went and stayed by the brook Cherith, which flows to Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he drank from the brook. But notice verse 7, and it happened after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Notice that was just a resource, not the source. God was about to give him a new resource because he was trusting God to be his source. And notice he listens again because we have to trust his faithfulness and obey his voice to have provision in times of famine. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, arise. Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Zidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. Let's stop right there. Notice he changed his resource from ravens in a brook to a widow woman taking care of him because he trusted God to be his source, but he had to listen to the voice of God to tell him where the provision was for him in this next season. Something I want to add too to this is I love this word provision because provision means that God sees ahead provision and he prepares provision for us before we even get there. God knows where the provision is. Think about the story we just read about Abraham and Isaac. You know, when they were walking up one side of the mountain, guess what was coming up the other side of the mountain? The ram. God was already sending a ram up the other side of the mountain and Abraham knew nothing about it because God is a God of provision, the God who sees ahead and provides. And God knew that ram was going to be up there and Abraham just had to trust him. When he got there, the provision would be there if he obeyed the voice of God. And notice when Elijah was at the brook and when he was eating from the, the ravens that came and brought him 
uh, supernatural food and he was drinking from the brook, God had already been the God who is a God who has provision, the God who sees ahead and provides. And God was already talking to a widow woman in another town when he was still eating at the brook. Because God is a God who sees ahead of us and goes ahead of us and makes provision ahead of us when we're not even thinking about it yet. And that's why he can tell us exactly where to go because he's already talked to somebody about us to provide for what we need in a time of famine. Come on, do you receive that today? So we serve a God who's a God of provision, the God who sees ahead and provides. And he already talked to this widow woman about taking care of the prophet before he even got there. And those God said, I've talked to her, but you got to go there because that's where your provision is. We got to obey his voice. And knows what happens when he got there. It says, and he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, please bring me a little cup of water that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. So she said, as the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I am gathering a couple sticks that that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son and that we may eat it and die. And notice what Elijah said in verse 13, because this lady was in a time of famine. Elijah was, but the widow woman was. And she said, I only have enough food for me and my son to eat one meal and die. So God was not just trying to provide for Elijah in this famine. He was trying to provide for this widow woman in the time of famine. Because that's God's heart that he brings us provision. And God wants to be our provider. And I love this. We're going to see that Elijah was provided for in this story. And the widow woman and her son. Because they chose to listen to the voice of God. But notice Elijah said to her, After she just explained, I only have this amount of food and we can eat it and die. He said, do not fear and do as you have said, but make me a small cake first. Make me a small cake first. Does that sound familiar to you? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto us. You know, in times of famine, we don't get a break from that verse. We want God's provision, but are you still putting him first in times of famine? Are you still being obedient to give what he tells you to give in times of famine? Because Elijah told this widow woman, the way out of famine and into provision is putting God first. A lot of times God's going to tell us to do something in times of famine that doesn't make sense to our natural mind. He's going to tell us to step out. He's going to tell us to give big. He's going to tell us to do something outside of our comfort zone. But when we do that, that's where he provides for us. But notice he said, put God first. So he said, don't fear. Go and do as you've said, but make me a small cake first and bring it to me. And afterwards, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord. Notice we're listening to the voice of the Lord, the God of Israel. The bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry 
until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Come on, I believe that's a word for all of us listening to this right now. And if you read the rest of the story, it happened just the way that God said it. The widow woman gave the prophet something first, and then she fixed something for her and her son, and they all ate. And you know what? When she went back to the two jars of flour and oil, there was more than enough. And it said that the oil and the flour did not run out until the famine was over, until God sent rain upon the earth. Notice that. Because she trusted the faithfulness of God, because she obeyed the voice of of the Lord. Not only was Elijah taken care of, but the widow woman and her son was supernaturally provided for because they listened to the voice of God. And God wants to be our provider in times of famine. And I love it. It said, if you do this, your flour shall not be used up, nor your jar of oil run dry. I believe that's a word for us today. I want you to receive that. God is speaking to us if we put him first and we listen to him and we trust him in times of famine. Our money is not going to run dry. Our provisions are not going to dry up. He's going to take care of us and sustain us through this time. And we're going to come out the other side stronger after the famine is over. And then it said, it won't run dry until the Lord sends rain upon the earth. I love this. Another way to think about this verse is we see that flour is really symbolic of bread or or resources or money in the Bible. And we also know that oil is symbolic of the anointing. So what was he saying here? He said, you're not going to run out of money in this famine and you're not going to run out of the anointing in this famine. You're going to have a supernatural anointing to go through this and come out the other side better. I believe there's anointing on the church to go through this season in the world today and come out the other side stronger with the money and the anointing. Because we can be anointed to go through famine and to come out the other side stronger. And God is putting an anointing on our families, on our kids, on our money, on our health right now to be a light in a dark world. And there is an anointing to go through this and come out stronger. But he says, the flower shall not be used up. Notice that, nor shall your jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain. I believe that for you. Your money is not going to run out. God's going to be your provider and your oil. The anointing on your life, which the anointing is the presence of God. The anointing is the power of God on you. It's not going to stop either. You can be anointed in a time of famine to go through it. I believe that's on you right now who are listening to this. God can provide in times of famine. Can we get the praise team to come back up here? You guys get something today. So God is a God of provision. He sees ahead and provides. And I want to repeat these two statements I've been making all service long. But how do we get into the provision of God in times of famine? We got to trust his faithfulness and we got to obey his voice. Psalm 37:19 In the Passion Translation it says, "Even in a time of disaster he will watch over them. They will always have more than enough no matter what happens." 
I love in the message it says, in hard times, they'll hold their head high. And when the shelves are bare, they'll be full. That's a word for us today. God will fill our lives, our health, our finances, our families right now to overflow. No matter what happens, God is our provider. God is our source. God is the God who sees ahead and provides supernaturally. I believe that. And I believe that over you today, even in times of famine or hard times, that we will have more than enough. We serve a God of more than enough. We serve a God who specializes in miracles in times of famine. And I believe that for our church family, but I believe that for everyone who's watching today, that God is our provider. And we're going to get through this. And supernatural testimonies are going to come through this of God providing for us in a time of famine. I believe it. He can do it. You know, just because you don't see it happening in other people's lives doesn't mean God can't do it for you. God's word is true. God's word is faithful. What are you calling him? What are you calling him? Because he will be what you call him to be. And I'm going to choose to be like Abraham in the Bible. I'm going to choose to call God the Lord, my provider. I choose to believe the Lord, not just might provide, hopefully provide, the Lord will provide. Because he's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, our provider. Let's sing. for you, he is for you, he is for you, he is for you. 
Father, we just thank you that you are our provider. We call you our provider today. We thank you that the supernatural provision of God is upon our lives, upon our families right now, upon anyone we're connected with. Father, we believe you, that you are our provider, that we believe you will supply all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. We thank you that we have more than enough. Even in times of trouble and famine, your word says your people will have more than enough no matter what happens. Father, we thank you that you're our provider. We thank you that you're our source. We believe that today. We thank you we choose to not fear. We choose to cast off fear. We choose to not associate with fear. We thank you that you are faithful to your word. You're so faithful. You're so faithful. You're so faithful, Father. We, We thank you. You're faithful to your word. We choose to believe that. We choose to believe that. We've seen you do do great things in the past. We've seen you do great and mighty things. And and we know that you are good to do it again. To do it in our lives. To do it in our families. To do it in our future. We thank you for your faithfulness. We just thank you right now for your faithfulness. We thank you that you're our provider. We receive you as that today. We thank you. We're going to get on the other side of this by your grace, by your ability, and we're anointed to do it. We're not going to run out of provision, and we're not going to run out of your anointing. We're going to get through this and get through it stronger. We thank you for your provision. You're the God who provides, and you will provide. We receive that today. Just say that to God in your own way right now, whether you're at home or you're listening to this on podcast, wherever you're listening to this. God, we thank you that you're a provider. We thank you that you're our provider. We thank you that you're our supply, that you're our source, that every good and perfect gift comes from you, that you can help us supernaturally take care of us, you can feed us, you can clothe us. Supernatural resources can come into our life to take care of us. And it's your will that you provide for us because you're a good father and you know how to take good care of your children. We receive you as our provider today. Just like we receive you as our Savior and our healer, you're our provider. And we thank you the Lord will provide for us provision in times of famine. We love you. We thank you for today. In Jesus' name.